Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Market Mentors Podcast. I'm Matt Dodgson, co-founder of Market Recruitment, and we connect B2B tech and SaaS businesses with marketers to help them grow. This week, we're joined by Ashley Wood. Ashley is currently VP of Marketing at Lander Audio, having originally been brought in as Head of Product Marketing to set up their function from scratch, which is something she did previously at Amelia after working in roles across content, community, and demand. So she really has been there and done it when it comes to setting up PMM functions. Let's dive in, and I hope you enjoy. So welcome to the Market Mentors Podcast, Ashley. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. So before we get stuck into this one, I'd love to know what your relationship is with product marketing. Yeah. So I started as a PMM at my previous company about four years ago and built the function there and then moved to Lander to build the product marketing function. So still a product marketer. And then I inherited a couple of the other marketing teams. And now I'm the VP of marketing, but still a PMM at heart. Superb. We like to hear that. So the obvious question to start with is, if you're a B2B business who doesn't currently have a product marketing function, why do you think they should start building one now? Yeah, I actually think a PMM function should be the first function that you build if you're starting out, because it's really the strategic pillar of the marketing team. Gathering consumer insights becomes part of everyone's job at some point. You have the product managers that are talking to users. You have a customer success team or a support team that's talking to users. But having a dedicated role that's really the voice of the market, so not only the voice of users, but the voice of potential users, really makes things run smoother because initiatives become easier to prioritize and execute when the team has a really solid foundation of insights on the who, the what, the where, the when, what the competition's doing. So it's just as much a strategic advantage as it is like an efficiency advantage. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think product marketing should be one of the first hires. Is that something you generally see then? I know certainly over here in the UK, you're based in Canada. We tend to find that I've raised a series A, the first hire then tends to be a lot of the time, demand, we need demand. They hire a demand gen marketer to try and build the pipeline, which you could argue is right or wrong, but that tends to be the sort of common first hire. Do you tend to see many companies hiring product marketers first in Canada? No, I think here, the same as over there, it's tough to resist the temptation to get someone that's just going to send emails, set up your ads platforms. But as someone who's had to build them in two companies that haven't had them before, both companies were like, oh, I wish we had this earlier. And PMMs tend to be pretty good generalists, just in terms of skill sets that you need to be a PMM. Hmm. They're good communicators. They're market focused. So even if you have a PMM that would be doing some demand gen, you're still probably better off than hiring just a generalist that hasn't had experience in product marketing. Yeah, I like it. And for context, I mean, you just sort of described in your intro, really. But where have you built product marketing functions from scratch before then? Yeah, so I started at Amelia. That's a B2B online registration and management platform for sports and rec and cities. So I started over there as an intern and then I moved to the content team. I did demand gen and ended up running the demand side there. And then we found the need for product marketing just to make us more efficient, to make sure that we were all moving in the right direction. So I built a team from scratch at Amelia with four wonderful PMMs and then eventually managed myself right out of a job. They didn't need me anymore. The PMMs understood the discipline. They asked the right questions. 
So there wasn't much of a challenge left because things ran so well. So I moved to Lander that didn't yet have a product marketing function and did the same thing. So I had uh, started out with two campaign managers that became product marketers. I got very, very lucky and built the team. So now we have three PMMs, consumer insights, and a really cross-functional team that's able to jump in and help everyone out. So yeah, it's gone well both times in two very different organizations. I think Amelia was definitely easier because I had been there from the beginning. So I already had a relationship with some customers because it was a startup. I had done all the jobs of the other departments. I mean, except for actually coding the platform myself, but I had done some customer support. I had done some account management. I had done the demand gen side. So it was a lot easier for me to insert myself Mm -hmm. and insert the PMM function within the organization. Whereas Lander had been running for, I think five or six years when I joined. So it was a lot more of like breaking down processes and habits to make sure that PMM best practices were implemented and served the organization and where they were at with their growth. Perfect. Well, this sounds perfect for what we're about to talk to. So this podcast is kind of really a how-to guide for starting a product marketing function. So if we break that down a bit and let's say hypothetically then you're a CEO and you actually want to do this, before you hire anyone, what would you suggest needs to happen to set the foundations for when that person joins? Yeah, it's really helpful for everyone, including your future hires, to educate yourself and the team about what PMM is exactly. It is still a new-ish discipline, especially when you compare it to traditional marketing roles. So having a good understanding of the value that they're going to provide, the teams that they're going to work with, and kind of priming everyone for it. Like I mentioned before, everyone has consumer insights as part of their job. You want to make sure that they understand the value that product marketing is going to bring and they're not trying to take roles away from other teams, that they're not there to dictate what other teams work on, that it's really this team's here to serve you the insights you need to be better at your job. So it's a lot more people management, I think, than actual foundational work. But PMMs can make good fillers for tasks when things come up. And it's a disservice to yourself to have them work as fillers. So you lose out on the value that they're going to bring. So if you're very clear on the type of product marketing role your organization needs and all of your team leads and employees understand the value, it makes it much easier for them to come in, integrate themselves quickly and start adding value right away. Perfect. Makes sense. And what about that sort of first dedicated product marketing hire then? What kind of person would you recruit? Yeah, so I've at this point recruited eight PMMs and it's never based on role or experience. So I don't need someone with product marketing experience previously or even marketing experience previously. I'm really looking for someone that's curious, that asks a lot of questions, someone that's a good critical thinker. Understanding the difference between observations and insights is trickier than it sounds. So someone that's not satisfied with an answer and that'll keep digging and to understand where that answer comes from, why that's the answer, how everyone else is answering the needs. And someone that's like empathetic is a big one too, because it's such a cross-functional role. Someone that understands that not everyone thinks the same way and needs to be communicated the same way. 
So typically people from customer success roles are a really good fit for product marketing. Salespeople can be a really good fit for product marketing because they understand the sales funnel. Hmm. So I hire more based on soft skills than experience. Perfect. And how important is sort of domain experience to you? Not that important. I moved to Lander and had no experience in music. Yeah. But as you're getting ramped up for your role and the value you're going to bring in the company, you have no choice but to become an expert. Now, I know things about music production that I never would have thought to look into or understand. Yeah. So I think being in the vertical or the space and being new to that space isn't that important for me. And I guess you don't make any assumptions then either. Exactly. At Lander, we have, I think, probably 80% of our staff are musicians themselves. Right which for me was great because I just had endless resources and people to answer my questions and guide me through everything. Mm. But what I noticed is I have a much easier time taking a step back and looking at things objectively because it can become tricky to take yourself out when you mm. are a consumer. So I think a nice mix of both. Our PMM team is split probably 50-50. So we have the subject matter experts and then we have the PMMs that'll poke them to go like, Go further. What does this mean? Why do you say that? Mm. So a mix is good. Perfect. And going back to our sort of hypothetical situation, you know, you are the CEO, you're going to be hiring this person. But what areas should a CEO be talking about then to sort of future product marketers to get them excited about an opportunity like this, an opportunity to come in and set up product marketing for a company then? Yeah. I mean, depending on who they report to, that'll be exciting for different product marketers. So whether you report into product or marketing can make an impact. I think ideally PMM reports directly into the CEO or the CMO. And I think that can be really exciting for product marketers because it signals that they have a seat at the table when it comes to roadmap planning, audiences and target segments, and just overall organizational goals. On the other side, talking about building collateral for sales teams as the main function can often be a deterrent for product marketers. Like I said, it is a really strategic role. And if you have a need for that, you need to create the opportunity for them to deliver on that value. Mm. So I think the biggest one is talk about what impact they're going to have on the roadmap, whether that's the marketing roadmap or the product roadmap would probably be the biggest one for me. Yeah. And out of interest, I mean, how often have you been shown the product, demoed the product? Have you ever sort of listened to any customer prospect calls as an example to sort of get you excited about actually what the customer thinks of the solution as well? Yeah. I mean, as like a PMM, it's definitely helpful when you're looking to join an organization to go look at customer reviews and see any testimonials. But definitely roles to show how customer focused you are, whether that's demo calls or stuff, is always really helpful because it'll signal to the PMM that you truly want to be customer focused and user focused because that can feel like a buzzword in companies of like, we want to be user focused, but it's faster if we just design it and skip the user testing. (laughs) So definitely demonstrating that you either already are or are willing to be user focused in your roadmap development is a big one. Perfect. And obviously part of this is once the product marketer hires, them actually being successful in the job. These roles are tough. You've been there yourself. There's a to-do list, which is endless. How would you recommend a product marketer sort of prioritize things when they're in these sort of first in product marketing roles then? Yeah. So it's the same priorities I still set for myself weekly is customers over everything. Coming into an organization, especially with fresh eyes is actually a benefit. 
So spending as much time with users as early on as possible and like not just existing users, but I mean, if you are in a B2B, you likely have a win-loss. So doing your win-loss interviews with that cohort, doing interviews with prospects that are currently in the sales process, talking to happy customers. So really identifying your different cohorts and spending time with each of them. And then coming back and going like, okay, I understand my insights throughout the journey. And then make sure that you get an idea of who the competitors are. So pulling any reports you can, whether it's from Salesforce or HubSpot on who you've lost to, who you've won against and laying that foundation. And then really important and really helpful is I like to treat other departments at whatever organization I'm at as if they were personas and different user segments. So spending time with each department and understanding what's your definition of winning? What does success look like to you? What are your biggest pain points? How do you like to consume information? Is it through a Slack message or do you prefer emails? Our implementation teams at Amelia were always on the road. So sending them a Slack message, it would get lost. Our sales team, they don't have time to read long emails. So you'd want to send them a Slack message. So really understanding how every team works, how to communicate with them so that when you do approach them, whether you need information for them or you're providing them with a resource that they should be using, aligning that with their definition of winning or helping them combat their pain points really makes your life easier going forward. Like if you tell a salesperson, I need you to read this really long email and they have the choice between reading your email or getting back to a prospect, you're never, ever going to win. But when you provide assets on, hey, this will help you close faster because we've attached this, 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 and this, then adoption happens. They're grateful. They come back to you for more insights. So truly learning how all the teams operate would be up there. So customers and internal stakeholders. I love it. I think that's a really smart idea. You know what it's like sort of joining in these jobs. You want to kind of make an impact as quickly as you possibly can. Obviously, product marketing is quite strategic, isn't it? But what would be the sort of two or three most critical things that you'd want to get done early on then to make sure that you're having that impact? Yeah, evaluating the opportunities. So I like to split it into awareness, activation, engagement, and churn. So within each of those cohorts, I'll do an impact analysis of opportunities versus effort. I put them all into columns and then pick one at a time. If you know you're going to have a bigger impact on revenue or on the organization, if you reduce churn by 5% versus if you increase engagement or activation by 5%, focus on that. You obviously have to communicate why you're prioritizing, but in those four areas, I would prioritize which one and then prioritize one initiative within those areas and just knock out one at a time. I think When you come into an organization and you provide a little bit of value, everyone starts going like, oh, we have this. This is what we need. And you kind of have to maintain just boundaries on what should be prioritized over because you can't be everywhere at once. And again, you're likely a good generalist if you're a product marketer, so you will be pulled in all directions. Hmm. So definitely focus on the area that'll have the biggest impact the soonest. Perfect. Ruthless prioritization is what I hear a lot of. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And when you've built teams, as you mentioned earlier, when do you know it's time to sort of start hiring another product marketer then? I, at Amelia and Lander, have structured my team with a one-to-one relationship with the product managers. So typically the product managers are scaled by the products and the feature, and then I'll just match them with a PMM. 
I know there's different structures where it's by function, where you have someone for go-to-market, someone for research. I really like the one-to-one full user journey for each PMM because the more you know your competitors, the better your messaging can be. The more you know your users of that specific product or feature, the better you can serve them. So really becoming experts in that function, that problem that you're solving and everyone else that's trying to solve it is really helpful. And then not everyone's the same. So building a relationship with your product manager and knowing where to push, when to pull, how to complement each other, I think has been really helpful. Mm. And product marketing is one of those unique roles because you're supporting a lot of other functions to be able to do the best job that they can. But from a sort of showing a company, senior stakeholders, the leadership team, other people within your business, the impact that product marketing is having then, how would you recommend somebody goes about that? Yeah, so based on the awareness, activation, engagement, and churn, it's tough even for me now to like give KPIs to a product marketing team because they're really impacting multiple but don't truly own. Like You can't hold a product marketer accountable for a win-loss ratio when they're not on the sales calls themselves. But early on, I would go through all of the KPIs that PMM should influence and then also look at things when it comes to process and efficiency. So looking at how long it takes to go to market with a new product, what the uptake of that product is through beta and then through launch. So being clear that there isn't one metric that PMM can solely own, but showing the variety of KPIs that they can impact. Great stuff. And where can it go wrong? What are some of the pitfalls that companies, you know, CEOs, founders, senior leadership teams should avoid them? Yeah, I think turning into a collateral factory is probably the big one. Again, organizations get these PMM teams that understand the users, that have relationships with happy customers, upset customers, and then it's easy to put them into, okay, create a case study, create a one-pager. And what that does is it takes the PMMs away from speaking to users, understanding the market. So over time, that collateral won't be as impactful because it's not based on real-time insights. So I think capping again and being careful not to give into the temptation of, well, more case studies equals more sales. So going forward, just write case studies for them because you're really losing out on the value that PMM can bring. Mm. And the market's fast changing these days. Competitors are building products quicker, faster, more competitors. You can't stand still these days. Yeah, exactly. So look, it's been fascinating talking to you. If anybody has some questions on this topic, building a product marketing team, what's the best way of them getting in touch with you, Ashley? Yeah, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's Ashley Wood, or I'm always open to emails. So anyone can email me at awood at lander.com. Awesome. Well, it's been great talking to you. Product marketing is such a hot subject here. And I know in Canada, from what you say, and I think all over the world, there aren't enough product marketers. There's lots of companies looking to start product marketing functions. So it's awesome listening to you and how you've done it. So I really appreciate your insights. Awesome. Thank you. Cheers. So that's it for another episode of the Market Mentors podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a review as that helps the channel going forward. Until next time.